Well, welcome. Good morning. So glad that you're here this morning. It's so good to be together. You know, they say opposites attract. And I found in my marriage um, that is the case, especially when it comes to movies. Uh, for the first couple years of our marriage, Mike and I, we, we had some interesting conversations on what shows and movies we were going to watch. Uh, Micah is really into action-packed, suspenseful, intense, um, a lot of fighting scenes sorts of movies, you know, and I'm more of a Disney girl myself, you know, I like those feel-good either kid movies or comedies, something with a good message, make me cry a little. And so we really, um, we've had to work on this aspect of our marriage. So just to give you an example or two, if Micah were to pick a movie, the climactic part of, of the movie he picks would look something like this, up, up, up at the top there. And then if I were to pick the movie, it would look something like, what's on the bottom there, the, the fun, happy, or like the cocoa one. I mean, I still cannot watch that without crying at that scene. Like, I just, we have a different purpose, I think. It is a really good movie. Well, and just to, to show how far we've come in our marriage, Micah, um, we can now compromise on quite a few movies, like superhero movies. We, we both like those movies. So we, we have... We have movies we do like to, to watch together. Uh, but I really don't like realistic, stressful movies. Uh, you know, there's enough stress in my life, so any sort of war movie, any sort of uh, realistic movie like that, I, I just don't enjoy. And ironically, today, the passage I'm preaching on is one of the most iconic battles in Scripture. Today we're looking at the story of David and Goliath. And to be real honest, when I first realized that was the passage for this Sunday, I'm like, oh, okay, that's not quite what I would have chosen probably. But in studying it and in, in reading through and praying over this text, I found such an encouraging message there for me and, and I think hopefully for all of us. And the beautiful message that I've seen is this this week. In all the battles that we face, we are invited to trust and rely on God. In all the battles we face, we're invited to rely and trust on God. And so that's what I want to look at today. We've been studying through the life of David. We're at the beginning of our series We've talked, uh, seen him be anointed. We've talked about him entering into Saul's service. And um, at this point, the story of David and Goliath is at the very beginning of, of David's um, time in Saul's service. And so we enter into this story in 1 Samuel, and, and, the, and the setting looks like this. There's two hilltops, and the Philistine army has camped along one hilltop. And then there's a valley, and then on the next hilltop, the Israelite army has set up camp there. And the Philistines have a champion, and his name is Goliath. And we're told he's nine foot tall. We're told he had a bronze helmet and a bronze armor that weighed 125 pounds. This is a big guy. He is trained. 
to be a soldier since he was a kid. He has a javelin on his back. He has a spear in one hand and a sword in the other. He has a, a, an armor, a, a shield bearer in front of him holding the shield for him. So he is a formidable foe. And so we start the, the story in um, chapter 17, verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight together. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And then skipping down to verse 16, For forty days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. For forty days this went on, where the Philistine would come out and he would shout his challenge and he would taunt the Israelite army, and he would mock them, and he would dishonor them, and openly challenge them. And this was quite an intimidating thing for the Israelites. And it said Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. While all this is going on, Jesse, the father of David, decides to send David to the battlefield to check on his older brothers. So David is one of eight brothers, and you have to be 20 years old to be enlisted in the army at this time. And so David's not old enough to be in the army, but he's the youngest of eight, and the, the, the oldest three are old enough to be in the army. And so Jesse sends David. So let's pick up the story in verse 20. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up, and set out. As Jesse had directed, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. I picture David, the little brother, coming to check on his older brothers, who are the ones that are old enough and strong enough to be in the army, to see how they're doing. And then he hears Goliath, and then he watches as his brothers with the entire army turn and flee in great fear. I wonder, I mean, don't you just want to watch the family dynamics playing out there as this plays out? Verse 25, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? 
He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will accept his family, exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So as they're running, the men are talking, oh, I mean, have you heard of the reward that King Saul is going to give to the guy who who goes and, and takes down Goliath, and the reward was great. Um, he would give the man his daughter in marriage and exempt his whole family from taxes. The reward was great, and yet no one tried because the mission seemed impossible. It seemed like a suicide mission. But David's response when he heard what Goliath said, David's response was different. It was one of almost indignation. He said, who, who is this man that would mock the God of Israel? Who is this man who would put disgrace on Israel? And he, he was responding not out of fear. And so verse 31, when David's, what David said was overheard. And reported back to King Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear comes, came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord will rescue me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. Excuse me, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And so David goes, his, his response to Goliath has, has been told to Saul. He goes to Saul, Saul talks to him and, and David says, send me, I'll go fight him. And Saul says, no way. You are so not qualified. You're not qualified. You're a young man. Likely he was probably mid-teens at this point, 15 or 16 years old. And David's response to Saul, he says, I am qualified, but I'm qualified for a different reason than you're thinking. I'm qualified in a different way. And he begins to describe his time in the wilderness with his father's sheep as a shepherd. He begins to describe how he cared for the sheep and how he defended the sheep from wild animals and how when wild animals attacked and, and carried the sheep off, he went after them and how God helped him to defeat the, the wild animals. And what I love about verse 37 
Verse 37 says this, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the bear will will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What I love about that phrase, that, that verse, is that it shows us that in the wilderness, David came to know God as his shepherd. David was a shepherd in the wilderness. He knew what it meant to lay your life down for the sheep, and David came to know God as his shepherd in that place. The story continues in verse 38. Then Saul, having said, go, and the Lord be with you, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. All he did was trying to walk. And because he was not used to them, says he fastened the sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but because he was not used to them, he couldn't do it. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off, and then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. You know, I think I probably would have done the same thing Paul did here. Prepare David as much as I could. See, see, this is what Saul knows. He knows armor and weapons. It, this is what makes sense to Saul. And so he tried to prepare David in his way. And David said, I, I can't. I don't know how to, how to even walk around in these. I don't know how to wield these weapons. This is not who I am. This is not what I know. And so he takes a sling and five stones. Why five? I have no idea. Mike and I were talking about that. Maybe that's the size of his pouch. I don't know why, why there's five of them. But he takes his sling and um, his five stones, and he starts to walk out towards the Philistine. And, and just pausing to contemplate that. I mean, here is, I mean, it's a crazy situation. Here's a whole army of trained soldiers cowering in fear. And there's this teenage kid who's going to go out and face Goliath. And I don't think David here was arrogant or reckless or acting on impulse. I think David was very calm here because God had been training and equipping David for this moment. Day after day in the wilderness, David had been required to rely on God, to listen to God, and to follow God. And David had seen, he had experienced God being by his side. Like that song we sang, you'll never leave my side. Like that was deep down ingrained in David because he had experienced that with God in the wilderness. And so David's confidence and courage does not come from his military ability, but it comes from knowing God as his great shepherd. And he goes into battle with that belief. He goes into battle knowing that victory does not depend on his abilities, but victory depends on God and God's power and his purposes. 
The story continues in verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. And he looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. I mean, it's slightly humorous. Even the... Um, opponent was insulted by David's lack of qualifications. Um, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, whom you have defied, excuse me, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This day I will give the carcasses of the Israelite army to the birds and to the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. David says, as, as Goliath is, is mocking him, he says it is not about the weapons, but it's about the name of the Lord Almighty. And my purpose here is to glorify God, the, that the whole world would know that there is a God in Israel. And then my favorite line in this section, it says, for the battle is the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's, Yeah. And it reminds me of some conversations I've had with my children (laughs) as a parent, setting boundaries for my children. I remember a few years ago, uh, Mike and I were discussing uh, buying my Ford Explorer that I have. And I remember, you know, we didn't include the girls on the conversations, but you know they have ears ears everywhere, you know, so they hear what you're saying. And at one point, one of our daughters must have overheard um, us talking about budget, what we can afford, and how much money the car cost. And she became extremely worried. She heard about our, our, our adult conversation here, you know, and she came really worried. And you see, in, in my daughter's perception, her concept of money revolves around how much a frozen yogurt costs. You know, and a a car costs a lot more than a frozen yogurt. And so to her, it was just mind-blowing that we'd be considering making this purchase. And and she got really worried that we wouldn't have enough money to live. But I remember having to sit down with her and say, you know what, sweetheart? You don't have to worry about this. This isn't your responsibility. This is for mom and dad to take care of. You just get to come along for the ride in the new car when we buy it, you know? That's your job. And David comes in to this situation that's pretty scary, and he comes in knowing that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And he understood that the battle was not his, and it was God who was going to make things happen. And so verse 48, as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. 
The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And everyone that day knew that it was God who had won the battle. Because there's no way David had been able to do that on his own. And because I don't like war movies, we're not going to read the next few verses. I heard you whispering over there. Yeah. You know, let's just leave out some of those details. I really don't like war. Um, I'm very thankful. (laughs) I am very thankful that in my life, I don't have to face these kinds of battles. I know some have, and that's a pretty scary place to be. In my life, I'm thankful I don't have to face these kinds of battles. However, I know that we all have battles of our own. And so I I invite us to ask today, what are the kinds of battles that we're facing today? Some of those may be personal battles. may have to do with some heartache, some pain in your life. may have to do with some, some tragedies and broken relationships, maybe, in your life. Maybe it has to do with medical issues and pain. Maybe it has to do with addictions. There are other battles that are a little bit larger in scope than just us. The battles that that are going on in our local community, in our nation, in our world. Dealing with injustice and oppression. Dealing with broken systems, human suffering and pain. And so the battles are out there. It's not, hard to, it's not hard to see them. The headlines are full of them. And here's why I love this story. Even though I don't like battles, here's why I love this story. It's because we're invited to engage with God. We're invited to rely on God, to trust more fully in God, and let him fight the battles. You know, sometimes it can seem like there's two options. Either either I just dive in and fight the battle myself and really dig deep, or I just disengage and I just ignore that that battle is there and I live in my own little bubble. And I think God is calling us to a third way, to engage with God, to join God where he is working, to trust him, to be our great shepherd. You know, David knew what it meant to be a shepherd because he was a shepherd. To be there day in and day out, to care and to provide for his sheep, to defend and rescue them. And David wrote this. He wrote this psalm. For many of us, it's familiar. Let's, let's read it again with this lens. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who's there day in, day out, taking care of me, 
providing for us, defending and rescuing. And his purpose is, is to lead the sheep, his children, to quiet waters and to green pastures. His purpose is to refresh our souls. And sometimes as we go to those quiet waters and to those green pastures, we have to pass through really dark valleys. And we experience pain and suffering and brokenness. And it is in those times when we get to remember that we don't have to fight alone, that the Lord walks with us. He is a great shepherd and on whom we can rely. He, David says, you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me because the rod and the staff is what the shepherd used to protect, to clear out the way, to take care of the sheep. So as we, we kind of draw to a conclusion here, I, I want to recognize that I'm presenting two very different images here that seem kind of contrary. So you have this image of a battle and a war scene. And then you have this image of a great shepherd who cares for his sheep. And it's this paradox in this story that gave me great hope. It is in this paradox where I found such encouragement this week. Yes, the valleys we face can be very dark. And also, our great shepherd walks with us through those valleys, leading us. The battles we face can seem impossible on our own, yea, even unsurmountable. And also, we don't have to fight them alone. God is with us. He equips us and stays by our side. So I want to leave you with questions. Questions to ponder how this applies in your life. Where is God calling us? Where is God calling you to engage this week? Where is God calling you to engage? How is he calling you and us to lay down our self-reliance and rely more fully on him? How do we lay down our self-reliance and rely on him? And lastly, what does it look like for us to trust God more fully this week? In specific things in your life, what does it look like to trust God more fully this week? I like to propose that a good place to start would be to spend some extra time with God this week and ask him these questions. Where do you want me to engage? How do I rely on you? How do I trust you? What does it look like for me in my life? Let's, let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for being our great shepherd. Lord, we thank you that you will never leave us and that you walk with us. Lord, that you call us to rely on you. And God, as a people, we confess that that is really hard, that we are independent people and we like to be competent and we like to rely on ourselves. And so, God, we come to you and we ask you to teach us to rely on you, to teach us to trust you. And God, when we go through the dark valleys, 
Thank you for being by our side. Help us to see you. Help us to feel you in those times. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to leave you with this benediction. May we find the courage to relinquish self-reliance and rely on God alone. May we more fully trust in God to fight our battles. May we learn to listen to the voice of the great shepherd leading us to green pastures and quiet waters. And may we daily see God's goodness and love. Have a great week.